So uh, recently, you may remember on the show, we spoke about a report uh, as the United Nations Working Group on Arbitrary Detention accused Sweden and Britain of arbitrarily detaining Julian Assange, founder of WikiLeaks, prompting the countries to accept their ruling that Assange is being arbitrarily detained and must be allowed freedom of movement. We also did hear, though, on the show that uh, if he was indeed to wander free, that uh, he might find himself not only in hot water in Sweden, but also in the United States. Sweden over uh, sexual offence allegations, but the United States for the WikiLeaks drama itself. But under this backdrop, let's take a further look at arbitrary detention and what that exactly means. Chojian, good morning. Good morning, Alex. Uh, so you started off uh, telling the story about uh, Julian Assange, but the, the issue here is arbitrary detention, and it's the arrest and detention <clears throat> excuse me, of an individual in a case in which there's no likelihood or evidence that they committed a crime against law or in which there has been no proper due process of law. And this right is stipulated in Article 9 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights in 1948 and Articles 9 and 11 of the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights in 1967. Now, the working group ruled in its opinion that Assange's detention was contrary to various provisions of the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights and therefore called upon the UK and Sweden to ensure his safety and physical integrity, to facilitate the exercise of his right to freedom of movement and to pay him compensation as well. Um, Assange was detained first in prison and then under house arrest for a slightly longer period, and then he took refuge at the Ecuadorian embassy in London in 2012 after losing his appeal to the UK Supreme Court against extradition to Sweden. And you mentioned once again uh, that in Sweden he had a judicial investigation initiated against him in connection with allegations of sexual misconduct. But actually this was more uh, catered toward rape. Um, however, he was not formally charged. Yeah, we heard from a legal expert in the last few days though, that mm -hmm. that is uh, something that could be peculiar to the Swedish yes. judicial system mm. and, and, and that it might say more about that than, than about the, uh, the weight of the charges themselves, mm -hmm. uh, albeit innocent until proven guilty, of course. Yes. But, but according to the working group, what's arbitrary about this case? Well, the working group's conclusion says, uh, quote, Sweden is obliged by applicable law and convention obligations to recognize the asylum granted by to Mr. Assange and no exceptions apply. Uh, the reason Sweden is supposed to recognize Ecuador's asylum uh, offer is because Assange faces a serious risk of being extradited to the U.S., according to the working group. So for the working group, all that matters is that according to Ecuador, Assange faces, um, quote, a well-founded risk of political persecution and cruel, inhumane and degrading treatment. 
Uh, the working group's report can be summed up as Assange might be charged with a crime in the U.S., and Ecuador thinks charging him with violating national security law could amount to political persecution or even worse. And therefore, Sweden must give up on its claims to try him for rape, and Britain must also ignore the Swedes' arrest warrant and let him leave the country. Well, there's been a, a suggestion that uh, the UK and that Sweden mm-hmm. uh, have been really undermining the credibility of the United Nations mm-hmm. by not uh, taking very seriously this yes. report. Can you tell us a bit more about their response? Well, Sweden responded to the inquiries from the working group, um, saying that there was no extradition order before it. And if it had one, it could it would make sure that it could extradite Assange to the U.S. in a way that was consistent with its international obligations before it did so. And moreover, Sweden pointed out that in international law, it doesn't recognize a right of diplomatic asylum in an embassy like the one that Assange is claiming. And it adds that no one thinks it's a it's good grounds for asylum for someone charged with a non-political crime, such as rape. And the British government's explanation to the working group is that it doesn't recognize diplomatic asylum and that Assange's residency in the Ecuadorian embassy to escape arrest itself violates British law. But now with this UN report, Assange is now expected to remain in the embassy and use this UN ruling to force UK and Swedish authorities to drop their actions against him. Whether he'd then feel comfortable walking around mm. in the public arena. That's a arena. totally different <laughs> question altogether, mm. I guess. But it seems that there are many critics regarding the uh, the UN Working Group's report as well. What, yes. what are their opinions? Well, some are saying that uh, people should be worried that someone like Assange can avoid being investigated and tried for rape because he might be charged with a crime in the U.S. Uh, The working group report does not comment about the interests of the victims. And critics say that it's unfortunate, as this comes from a body that's supposed to focus on human rights and which is part of the U.N. Well, that's a very important point in this as well. Mm -hmm. There might not be a... A formal charge, but there is an allegation there that uh, one would ordinarily expect to be answered. It's all just such a a storm of Mm -hmm. intrigue at the moment, and uh, it's very difficult to escape that Mm -hmm. uh, backdrop of of what might happen in the United States if he were to be extradited there for revealing a huge amount of information. I mean, Mm -hmm. let's not forget WikiLeaks fed headline after headline after headline. Indeed. Thanks very much, Cho Ji Thank you, Alex. That is today's glossary.